0: Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host John Ronaldo, and I am joined here by Christopher Wesley. What's up, buddy?
1: Not much, John. Not much. Uh, we are uh, just just rolling here in May. Uh, you know, weather is beautiful and gorgeous. Cannot complain about it. Um, But uh, I know you've got something big coming up uh, next week. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited. Uh, So the NCCL, National Catechetical Conference, uh, National Conference of Catechetical Leaders already got the name messed up. Uh, They are having their big event in Orange County, California, um, the week of May 20th, Uh, and the you know, they're gathering leaders from across the country and they've invited me to come and speak uh, and do a workshop. And, and I'm really excited uh, to, be, to be with the great people of NCCL, uh, to be back in sunny California and to be able to give this workshop is is a real honor. So I'm excited about this and And Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the workshop we're going to do, just kind of give a little snapshot um, of what it is, and maybe we'll entice some of you who are going to NCCL to maybe join us at the conference and come, come to the workshop. It'd be great to see you there.
1: Yeah, John, I actually meant your birthday was next week, but it's oh. funny. The NCTL is big,
0: so. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I'm actually giving the workshop on my birthday. So I will be right. at this conference doing the workshop on May 21st. So, yeah. So
1: if you're attending John's workshop in the middle of it, just start breaking out to happy birthday.
0: <laughs> um, don't do it all
1: together, do it sporadically. So it goes on and on and on. No. <laughs>
0: too funny (laughs) no
1: but yeah um yeah uh nccl that that, that's awesome and and plus you know it's, it's kind of uh nearby to um uh, one of your old stomping grounds when you were in LA and, and everything. Uh, did you work for the Orange Diocese or just uh,
0: LA Diocese? That's no, what. I worked for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles But you know those of you who know like the religious education Congress is sponsored by the Archdiocese of Los Angeles But it's held technically in the Diocese of Orange because that's in right. Anaheim So right, uh, but we're gonna be not at the Anaheim Convention Center But but close by at, at one of the hotel convention centers there uh, for this event So uh, I'm looking forward to being at NCCL and and hope uh, if you're going to be there i hope that you can join us
1: yeah definitely so uh you'll be talking a little bit about apprenticeships correct
0: yeah so the workshop that they asked us to do and this is something that we've been working on with the pair success group so rich Kern and i have have been developing this and and this was actually an initial idea from rich but the name of the workshop is is called apprentice based formation for catechesis and evangelization uh and and i really love this particular topic, because uh, as you see, it kind of challenges the the current way that we do faith formation and and catechesis in in our parishes, uh, with the caveat that the reason we need to look a little bit differently about it is, one, you know, this apprentice based model, something that really we learned through, through years of, of, of church documents and church documents point us to this, but this, this is also the reality of what Jesus did with his disciples. But two, really the sobering statistics that we see today, uh, which we've talked about in the past from, you know, the going, going, gone research and whatnot is, is young people disaffiliating from the church or leaving the church for whatever reasons. And, uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but, um, um, what that leads me to believe is that we need to reconsider some of the things that we do in parish ministry. And this is just one of the topics that we talk about with parish success group, uh, that, that, that I think we need to consider uh, along the way. And so I'm excited about this particular topic.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, I think it's so important and it's something that, you know, personally I've been trying to weave into youth ministry in in a variety of different ways And, and not just youth ministry, but I think something that, um, needs to be done, you know, at the parish professional level, at the, at the paid professional level, because, you know, if you think about it and I, uh, there are so many times where like, for example, you know, I'm the youth minister at a parish and if I leave, uh, the next person up is either someone, maybe in our, volu- one of our volunteers but most likely, it's going to be a hire from outside, right? It's going to be a hire from uh, someone outside of the parish who doesn't know the community. And I don't want to say time is wasted, but so much time is used for someone that comes in to learn the environment, to learn the culture, to learn, you know, the systems and structures of that parish. And, um, and then it's, it takes, like, I, I think a couple of years before you can really get things going. And so, having an apprenticeship model, I think, is beneficial not just in the way where we're raising up new leaders to go out into the world and make a difference, but we're also um, enabling our home base or our home parishes to get stronger and stronger, because there's someone um, who's going to be the next up, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's going to um, be able to step up, so that when someone retires, leaves, you know, or, or moves to a different position, um, that that there's not really like a, a bump in the road or uh, there's it's, it's a smooth transition in that mm-hmm. regard. So apprenticeships um, have so many different roles and I think there's so many things that we can talk about here um, and yeah, yeah, it's important.
0: Yeah, and so, so today, again, is just a snapshot of some of the things that we'll be talking about in the workshop, but we thought it'd be a really important topic for us, and one of the places that we start in the workshop is really kind of delving into some of the things that the church is calling us to do through its documents, uh, and I just want to share, Chris, if I could, a couple quotes from different documents that really move us to this idea of an apprentice-based model versus a depository of facts model. I'll talk about that in a moment, but right. I do want to start with, and we've talked about this document document many times over our time of the podcast, but uh, St. Pope Paul VI, Evangelization in the Modern World, uh, number 41 says this, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than teachers. I think that's a real key line. And and, and when I expand on that, you know, one of the things that we talk about, you know, is, is what a teacher is versus what a witness is. Now, I sometimes ask people and say, when you think of catechesis, or when you think of catechists, what what comes to mind? Well, a lot of times one of the things that, that people will say is teacher, which is not incorrect, um, but but The church is calling us to more than just being a teacher. And so a witness versus a teacher. And and someone explained this to me a long time ago. A teacher is somebody who shares somebody else's learnings and experiences, not their own. So they're passing on facts and knowledge that they didn't actually experience, uh, but what they've learned along the way. That's what a teacher does. What a witness does is a witness shares from their own personal experience, right? So when a judge is calling a witness onto the stand, they want a witness who experienced, for instance, the crime uh, that was there, experienced it firsthand versus somebody who heard it hearsay, oh, uh, after it's passed through two or three people. And so evangelization in the modern world says that we want witnesses, not just teachers. Uh, I think that's an important piece to this. Um, and, and, and of course, the general director of catechesis says that the model of all catechesis is the baptismal catechumen. And, and we've, we had an episode on the RCIA. Remember, we had Diana Macalento come in and, and talk a little bit about that. Um, but, but the RCIA model really is an effective model of, of apprenticeship, Versus a depository of facts. Okay, one more quote Chris. I just want to share this is from Findings findings from the National Initiative of Adolescent Catechesis Young people learn best when they are engaged to act when content collides with experience when multiple teaching methods are used when they are challenged to directly apply teaching to life and when they are viewed as an apprentice not a depository of facts. What I love about that particular line is, is that we're not just teaching stuff for, just for the sake of teaching, but that it has a relevancy. And that's a big word. It has relevancy in the lives of young people. And I think that's one of the things that's sometimes missing in our ministry is what we do in faith formation and youth ministry and catechesis we fail sometimes to connect it to the relevant aspects of their own lives. As our own research, our own documents suggest, it needs to be rooted in the experience of young people and I would say uh, uh, elder people as well, adults as well. Uh, and so the idea of this apprenticeship model certainly comes from some of the findings that, that the church has shared over the, over the course of uh, quite a few decades
1: yeah no that's so true that's that's good and and i like how you distinguished you know the difference between teaching and and witnessing um and and just kind of broke that open because we do it's easier uh, well i'm hesitant to say it's easier to teach but that seems to be the default right to teach because There is just, uh, just listen to this and hopefully you'll be able to figure it out where, when you witness to someone or when you get into an apprenticeship model, I think what happens is those of us who are sharing or relaying the information, um, it's more of a commitment, right? It's more of like, I'm not just here to tell you, but I'm here to walk with you to help you understand, help you apply that. And as you were talking, I started to think a little bit more about, okay, how are we uh, doing catechesis with the teenagers in, in my church? Like, how are we doing youth ministry? Like, when we talk about these certain subjects, what's the takeaway? And, and I think the lazy approach with the takeaway is just to say, hey, this week, when you go to school, do this, this, and this, and maybe tell us about it next week. Where we have to be like more of, okay, this week, we want you to take this information, and this is what we're going to do to help you do this. Um, and and so therefore this educational process, this, um, growing process doesn't just stop here on Sunday night or here on a Thursday night, but that we are physically going to come out of our offices at the church, um, and walk with you guys during this week. And, uh, we're going to challenge one another. And if it doesn't work out, and this is the other part about apprenticeship, right? If it doesn't work out, we're going to sit down and, and reexamine what some of the obstacles and struggles were along the way.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's it. And so the idea of witness, witness is, is, is more storytelling because you experience, right? And so one of the reasons we default to teaching and dare I say is maybe because we haven't actually experienced Christ in our lives. Now that's a super judgment that I, I wanna be really careful of. But, but a teacher again is, it, are they sharing from their own experience? No, but a witness is. And so the authenticity that comes out of witnessing one's faith uh, and the storytelling that comes out of it is actually much more engaging and dynamic uh, than then just passing on facts and, and of course you talk about the, the the best image that I think about with this idea of apprentice. So those of you who are are Gen X and maybe you older Millennials know uh, certainly the karate kid right and you think of daniel son and you think of mr. Miyagi and 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 that is a, the perfect example of an apprenticeship where mr. Miyagi doesn't bother to to spend time teaching you know, facts, but basically starts showing him what to do. And, uh, and, and of course we all, many of us know that scene wax on, wax off. Is like, why is, why is Daniel being asked to, to wax the car? Right? Well, there's a greater lesson behind it. Mr. Miyagi knows that Daniel's not ready to understand that lesson until he's lived the experience of it and actually has done the waxing on and off and then from that experience comes the wisdom and that's the model of this apprentice based leadership and 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 when you think about apprentice i mean what is the definition of apprentice well we know that jesus was an apprentice right joseph was a carpenter well you bet that how jesus learned to be a carpenter was by doing and being with his father who apprenticed him on how to do it. And so did Jesus maybe cut his finger a few times as he learned along the way? Maybe, you know, but we do know that that apprentices learn by watching, observing, and getting their hands dirty alongside of their mentor at the same time.
1: Here's, here's my kind of... Uh... Here, here's something that I'm struggling with. With that, though, is you know using the karate kid analogy, which I think is a great analogy, right? Is that um, Daniel uh, Ralph Macchio's character, right? He approaches Mister Miyagi with a passion. He wants to learn how to fight, right? So I think one of the things that I know I struggle with as a youth minister is not the kids who come up to me who have a passion for their faith or wanting to do more in the church, but it's the kids the teenagers in our community or even in our church that don't have that passion right so like karate kid would be a horrible movie if um you know uh, the main character daniel was just not interested in uh interested in karate at all but he or interested in fighting he had this passion right and and uh, mr miyagi was able to redirect that passion in the right way so the question is how do we identify any passion, Um, and then what are some ways that we can redirect that passion to be more towards
0: Christ? Yeah, see, that's it. That's where the analogy actually works really well in our favor is because Daniel had a passion that wasn't what Mr. Miyagi's passion or interest was, but he used that passion, as you said, to redirect it. uh, and, And the lessons that Daniel learned in the process Uh, were very different than just fighting. Daniel wanted to just fight, uh, but Mr. Miyagi taught him lessons that he would have never learned if he just learned how to fight. Right. Uh, And and I think that's a real key piece. And so let's, let's talk about that real quickly, Chris is, is part of an apprenticeship model is, is being in relationship with those that you as a leader in the church are apprenticing, you know, and so you can't apprentice who you don't know. You know, so so how how do you build relationship uh, with those that you're working with in ministry? And often, you know, we're talking about young people in many cases, whether it's youth ministry or faith formation. You know, but it does, and we always we kind of always go back. So many of our episodes on this podcast go back to this idea of relationships. That that that's where we need to start. Well, that's absolutely correct. That's exactly where we need to start. You know, and so so how do you build those relationships now? I don't think we should go in and talk about relational ministry, Chris, because we have episodes on that. We can refer back to some of those episodes, but that's absolutely where it starts because so, so what are their passions? Chris, you're, you're in the trenches, you're in a parish, you know, um, what opportunities do you have to connect with young people? And is there a particular young person in your ministry that, that you could sit there and you know what their passion is and you've been able to work with them over the course of your time there at St. Joseph?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that we've been able to do recently, um, and actually uh, we're we're in the process of wrapping it up, is we, we had students who were very passionate about creating some kind of social change, right, in the world. Um, and I know for them, if we had said, "Okay, guys, we've got a group together that's going to travel to this part of the world and tackle human trafficking, or you know, uh, um, you know, bringing clean water, or uh, addressing this kind of worldly problem, uh, worldwide problem, I should say, that they would be enthusiastic and, and ready to jump on board. But the thing is, they don't have the skill set to do some of the, that big stuff, right? So we identified a passion to change the world. And so what we've been doing through the season of Lent and now into the Easter season is have them organize and coordinate and plan and market a clothing drive right? And for some of the students at first, it was kind of like a clothing drive. Like who wants to do a clothing drive? Like, and so the challenge we put out there is, okay, what you have to sort of communicate is we're doing this clothing drive with one of our missionary partners in the parish, right? Um, You have to communicate to the congregation why they should bring their clothes to church on a Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. instead of just dropping it off at one of those, you know, clothing bins or to goodwill. Like, why is it important that they're doing it on this day in partnership with this church right there? And so we, we set up that challenge. We directed, redirected their, their focus, right? And our leaders worked with them on different things like, okay, if you want something communicated in this parish, who do you talk to? And, you know, they're like, well, we talked to Chris. And it was like, well, all right, Chris is not a part of the factor. Who else can they talk to? And and so our leaders were kind of saying like, oh, we have to talk to the person who makes our bulletins. We have to talk to the pastor who does the pulpit announcements. You know, we have to talk to all these different people. Who should we coordinate when it comes to um, getting the truck, you know, to fill up with the clothing that we're going to bring down to the the um, place that, that we're bringing clothes to? And, and, and so some of these small tangible things that we had to plan first, but then started to lead to like, okay, we've got all these things planned. How are we going to get people excited about it? How are we going to get people driven to this? And our leaders worked with the students. And so we're teaching them this tangible skill of like project planning. Right. But at the same time, we're doing it in the context of a church and, and showing and showing them like how to be leaders in the church. If you want the ear of the pastor, if you want to be able to get things done in this church, you have to show that you're responsible that you're organized that you have things laid out and it's been a real rewarding experience because now we're starting to see these students these teenagers who are stepping up to be leaders so that then we can ask them next like hey we're going to do an international missions trip next summer we think you're qualified enough to to be a part of this team like now we're ready to teach you new principles and apprentice you on how to lead a group at a different level or we're seeing uh, you as a great team leader. Will you be interested in helping us coordinate the middle school mission trip, or middle school work camp that we're gonna do this summer um, in putting these, organi- uh, these different tasks together? And so it's through this apprenticeship uh, project that we're doing where we're starting to identify team leaders to get them active in the parish life in, in different ways. And so they're gonna be further engaged um, they're going to be further involved and we can, you know, we can have more of a hope that they're going to, you know, be a, uh, stick around and, and grow in their faith because now they know new ways to grow in their faith besides just going to Sunday school.
0: Excellent. Excellent. That, that is a per- Again, we didn't cr- we didn't script that out. I just asked Chris a random question, but but you articulated perfectly this idea of apprenticeship. So let's back up for a second is really the the model apprenticeships is there's three different levels there's the novice then there's the apprentice and then there's the expert so the novice is really like let's ensure that the baby carpenter for instance has the basic skills to understand wood and the tools of carpentry and whatnot and and can be able to demonstrate understanding and can practice that in the classroom right so that's the novice right so, the, but the next piece now is the apprenticeship is exactly what you said. Now let's focus on the skills to be mastered. Let's challenge their deeper learning. And it takes place in a live environment where they can accidentally cut off their finger as a carpenter, right? Where they can fail, but fail in a safe way, in a safe place, because they're under the, 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 the mentorship of the quote unquote expert. And then of course, oh, right. there's an expert level.
1: Well, and, and just to, it also it was telling them, making sure we were clear on the why and, and the what and the how, um, you know, because as we're putting this project together, we were explaining to them like, listen, and this was more reassurance for us as adults, like, listen, the worst case that happens in the world is the, the clothing center is not going to shut down if we don't provide clothes, you know, people are not going to die, like the youth ministry is not going to shut down we're just gonna fail on this project, right? Like, we just won't have accomplished anything more. But we don't. Have, we can put all those risks aside. So this is a low risk sort of project, right? And, and so for the, our students, as soon as they realize that, that, you could see a little bit of more confidence of like, oh wow, you've given us more permission to play in that regards. And so I think, you know, going back to what you are mentioning with the novice, anytime we start with an apprentice, we have to start at a low level. We have to give them those basic skills and take away a lot of the risk, but at the same time, give them a lot of permission to create. Mm -hmm. And then that puts, and there's more pressure on us, the teacher, or the the witness, or the person who's leading them through, because now we have to be okay with the craziest, most hairbrained ideas. So just using this clothing drive as an example, uh, they were coming up with all these ideas, and then one kid said, my grandfather once made burritos for an event And we should have him come. So when people drop off clothes, we give them burritos. And all of us adults are kind of looking at each other, being like, (laughs) "What?" And and, and, uh, so I responded, "I was like, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? Can we do that in our budget?" And and they're like, "Well, we'll charge for the burritos." And then someone's like, "No, you don't want to charge because then it's kind of weird. You're paying them to drop off. You know, they're paying you to drop off their clothes and everything." And and so they were like, All right? can you make the burritos for a dollar burrito? Do we have that in the? And, and it worked on the budget. So at this clothing drive, <laughs> uh, not only are you rewarded uh, from a tax standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, but physically we will feed you for uh, clothing other people. So, um, you know, is it gonna work? Is it, uh, what's gonna come out of it? We don't know. And that's kind of the scary part when you are the mentor, right? um, when you are walking with these people. But I think it's so important because one, again, it communicates to that novice, to that person that they have this room to create and think outside the box. But at the same time for us, it helps us grow as leaders to not micromanage, to let go of control, to remind ourselves that are, there are people out there that have much better ideas who are much more creative than we are. And they just need to be asked to step up to the plate. Yeah.
0: So so let me talk about some of the implications for us, because I think your example is perfect, Chris. Some of the implications for parishes, is, first of all, one of the things that we name in this workshop is that current uh, structures at the parish are not adequate or designed for apprenticing, all right? And the second implication is that catechists, the way we do traditional faith formation, catechists are best suited for the novice learning, right? That first level that we talked about where give them that base, give them that foundation, I'll give them a safe place to demonstrate that understanding. Remember, a few weeks ago we had Diana Macalento, and she came on, talked about the RCIA. We talked about one of the things we talked about was her book, "The Parish Is the Curriculum." And what did she talk about? If you guys remember, we'll link to it. But basically, what she said was that the best place for uh, people who in in specifically in the RCAA program, the ICAA process to learn about what it means to be a disciple is to be involved in the parish. So, Catechists, if they're best suited for novice learning, then parish ministries as a whole are best suited for the apprentice learning. Because that's where they can just like what you were doing, Chris, with your young people, that's where they're going to learn and practice their faith uh, and put it into action. So it's not in the quote-unquote classroom, but it's in the lived experience of the parish. Mm-hmm. A couple other implications that I want to share um, uh, that we get into in the workshop is, is we've kind of learned assigning students to classroom based on age, Rather than spiritual development level does not work. So what does that mean? We kind of put people in in grades, right? You're you're in uh, you're in third grade, so you're going to be in the third grade classroom, right? But we know that people's journey of faith is very different, and that's a very controversial you know line. But we we intentionally do that, uh, put that in the workshop to make people think. And and the last application I would say is if parishes continue to focus a huge the disproportionate amount of time on novice level knowledge rather than training and practice behavior, which is applied learning. Uh, And and that's really the model of apprenticeship that we want to focus in on is how do we move away from just the knowledge piece? No one cares if you know the 10 commandments, if it's not relevant in your lives and you don't know how to live it, then it makes no difference. So how do we move the knowledge to behavior and that's what we try to unpack with the rest of the workshop that uh, on apprentice-based formation is kind of like what are the implications what do we do now as a parish okay john we like this idea what are the steps that we need to take to start considering this and that's what we really flush out in this workshop which we don't have time to in this particular podcast but you know there's a teaser for you so i hope you can join us at nccl
1: yeah, no, no. It definitely sounds interesting, and obviously, uh, we'll talk offline, and you'll share with me. All the
0: but nope, uh, nope, You have to come to the workshop, Chris. <laughs> man,
1: well, someone won't be getting a happy birthday.
0: Oh, uh,
1: no, no, no. But like, I, I think uh, no, it's important, and this is kind of like a new wave of ministry, and it's, it's good that you're talking about this because I think um, it needs to be talked about more. Um, I know I was sharing with John before we were recording a book that I'm currently reading called Unrepeatable, and it's talking about vocational learning um, in in the church uh, uh, model, and, and that's written by Luke Burgess and, and Dr. Joshua Miller. Uh, definitely worth a read, and, um, and and I think you know again, it, it, what's scary is uh, about this sort of apprenticeship model is it it's a change, right? It's a change from what used to work and used to be really good, and we know in our hearts it's not working as well as it once did. Um, it's gonna cause a change and um, it's gonna cause us to, like, not, uh, to look at numbers differently as well, right? Because to do a true apprentice, like one of the reasons that the, the traditional teaching model works is you could have a group of five or you could have a group of 20 and you can teach, right? Cause it's a one-way conversation. Apprenticeship is more of that relationship. There's more of like stop and go. There's more of like, let's wait and reflect. Let's dive deeper into these challenges. And to make that happen, you need more men and women who are willing to do that. And if you don't have that at, at right now, then um, I think it's, it's a matter of you got to start slow. Um, and, and, and getting away from like a service model. I know we've talked a lot about service and and you were mentioning a little bit of catechesis. That's one of the reasons I think we like alpha a lot too is, you know, with alpha, um, and models like that, you have people go through the process of alpha. And then those people who go through the process then take on that role of leadership. Um, and they lead a new group through alpha. And it's kind of like pass it on, pass it along, you know, pass it, pay it forward. Um, the things that you're learning, the things that you're, um, bringing on. And I think, you know, uh, as a youth minister, this is where having, you know, middle school and high school students teach in the children's program is key or high school students teach in the middle school program is key, you know, um, and not as your only leaders, but it's teaching them not just how to learn, but how to teach others. And and so therefore, you're you're creating these, these future mentors and coaches and guides. And that's something I think, a lot of churches might do, but John, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, but I think we stall when it gets to adulthood, right? We might have high school and middle school students teach younger kids, but then like when they become adults, we kind of lose sight of that because we think it's only done in the realm of youth ministry or children's ministry. But you know, how many ushers, how many, um, you know, liturgical you know, ministers and um, uh, other areas of church, it all depends on your church's uh, structure how many men and women do we have that should be and could be mentors and teachers and apprenticing, not just teenagers, but younger men and women right. or new men and women who are new to their faith and what it means to celebrate the, the Eucharist or to, um, you know, run a church function or mission or uh project. Um, you know, even in parish council, this is something that I've, been challenging our parish council on is i said we need to have high school students on parish council not as like representatives of the youth ministry but as people that you are mentoring there so that um they're learning what it means to be in parish council so that when they're 18 you know or whatever they they can they could lead from that that level
0: yeah and that that's exactly it, and it's not about you it's not like you need more volunteers to make your ministry with young people work it's you're feeding them into the life of the parish where you already have engaged people in the parish council or in liturgy or in faith formation or wherever else that they become the quote-unquote experts and the mentors who do the apprenticing along the way and so that's the genius of this this particular idea and that's what we part of what we need to do is create that, that, that lead in, that funnel into that novice learning, that very catechetical based learning, then into apprenticeship and sooner rather than later. They don't need to wait until they have all their segments of initiation right. to be involved in this. Actually, it's better if we start getting them involved as appropriate uh, and age-based as possible. Before they receive all their sacraments of initiation, and certainly by confirmation, a lot of us do that at the high school age, they should be well engaged in the parish and lots of different places by that point. Uh, and, and that's what we're really talking about in this particular workshop. So so I hope you can join us. If you're going to be at NCCL, you can find out more uh, about this particular workshop and the conference. Just go to nccl.org. Org and find out all the details there. Again, it's the week of May twentieth. Uh, you can check out all the details there, registration, whatnot. Uh, uh, especially those of you who are, are in the Southern California area, California area, so hop, skip, and jump away. So come and join us. Uh, but yeah, all the details are at nccl.org, and I hope you can join me there. Would love to see you. Uh, and if you heard this podcast um and attend the workshop come and connect with me and say hi because i want to know who's listening to the podcast so i can have more faces to think about as we record these episodes so please come say hi especially if you listen to this episode
1: he really just wants to share dirt on me and be like (laughs) You want to know what it's really like to talk with Chris now.
0: I I have no dirt on Chris, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. But uh, (laughs) yeah, it definitely seems awesome. Uh, Sad that I'm going to miss it, uh, especially since it's in Southern California. There's no reason why uh, people shouldn't try to make it out, especially if you've never made it out before. Um, And, uh, you know, this isn't just something that John's talking about at this uh, conference. It's it's kind of what our lives are focused around with Marathon Youth Ministry uh, you know, a lot of what we do is the coaching and, um, you know, we want to help you grow in your ministry, not just youth ministers, but DREs as well. And, you know, John with Parish Success Group, um, it's, it's restructuring, you know, and working with church churches so that they can create these systems of apprenticeship so that they can grow the next generation of leaders and not just do church, but be the church. And I think that's, that's huge. Uh, we need to stop. You know, playing church, we need to start being the church, um, and that's what an apprenticeship apprenticeship model actually does. All right, so if you uh, aren't going to NCTL um, and want to reach out to us, uh, definitely shoot us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. Uh, you can find us at the church. You can find us at thechurchpodcast.org. That's our website. You can uh, also connect with John and I on an individual basis. John at johnrinaldo uh, johnrinaldo.com with me, it's at Marathon Youth Ministry or MarathonYouthMinistry.com. Uh, definitely, uh, if you're not a subscriber to iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, tell John about those birds that were in the background making all the noise before. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we just would love your feedback. Uh, whether it's good or bad, we just want to hear from you. Uh, so know that you guys are in our prayers, uh, that you're in our thoughts. And uh, speaking of prayer, let me close this out. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for showing us uh, and giving us many different examples and models uh, and paths, Lord, of um, pursuing a full life. And all those things can be found in the church, Lord. They can be found um, in the men and women who have gone before us. They can be found in our our saints. And of course, uh, in how your son, Jesus Christ, modeled them for us, Lord. Um, I pray that those of us who have gone on the journey or currently are on the journey, Lord, that we not forget about um, inviting others to to walk with us, inviting others to grow with us, especially uh, teenagers and children, Lord. that we're constantly looking at um, the future um, as well as the present church and investing in them in the ways that uh, you've invested in us. God, thank you so much for loving us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.